everybody. You're listening to Dames Not Damsels. Dames Not Damsels. I'm Laura. And I'm Bree. And we are going to talk about the Bechdel test today. So for those of you who don't know what the Bechdel test is, it's basically a test that has been set up to determine whether or not a movie is, I'm not going to say feminist, but... The Bechdel test asks whether a work of fiction features at least two women or girls who talk to each other about something other than a man or boy. The requirement that the two women or girls must be named is sometimes added. I think we're going to discuss whether or not they're actually named. About half of all films meet these requirements according to the user-edited databases in the media industry press. The text is used as an indicator for active presence of women in films and other fiction and to call attention to gender inequality in fiction. Um, So basically, it's seeing whether or not two ladies that are named within the movie have a conversation with each other about anything other than a a dude. Um, And there's a bit of debate that we've seen on whether or not a brief two-line conversation between two women is actually considered a conversation, quote-unquote, or if they actually have to have a full-blown talk about something that does not have anything to do with men. Yeah, and and I don't think that 60 seconds of two women speaking, I mean, that's, that's all that shows up in a movie. I don't think that that makes it a feminist work by any means, but this is a, an interesting litmus test to see just some overarching problems in the media and just the fact that this much, this little inch of women representation is a way to gauge whether or not we're being represented is is a pretty interesting way to look at it. Do you know where the Bechdel test came from? I do not. So it's, it's really interesting, actually. I've heard of this test and used it before, but had never really looked into it. And it actually came from a a test which was developed by Liz Wallace, and it became widely known after Alison Bechtel featured it in her comic, and it's called uh, Dykes to Watch Out For. (laughs) And basically, it's just kind of a tongue-in-cheek moment where two characters are trying to decide whether or not to go to the movies, and one of the characters decides that she doesn't want to go because she refuses to watch any film that doesn't fulfill this short set of conditions. So considering where this came from, that it's two women being like, nah, I guess I won't go to a movie because this doesn't exist. I think it's really kind of tongue in cheek. So it's interesting that it's become our gauge for whether or not a movie passes the feminist test, so to speak. (laughs) And what's funny is a lot of this test isn't really based around whether or not a movie is a feminist movie. It really is simply whether or not there's a conversation between two women that are actually named in this movie uh-huh. about anything other than a dude. Yeah. And it, you'd think that that is the simplest thing and, oh God, every movie should probably pass that. <laughs> I mean, we're not asking you to talk about how great women are. It Literally, they just need to have a conversation with each other about something that's not a guy. And it's not as easy as it sounds, apparently. In fact, many of your favorite movies are going to fail this, so we're sorry to uh, to ruin some of your movies for you. We're all kind of bummed right now. <laughs> um, and again, this isn't necessarily a guarantee of whether a movie is good or not. So one example is in American Hustle, right? This movie is two women characters who aren't necessarily the most feminist characters. They're like two two women who are just kind of doing the wife thing, right? And the only reason that this passes is because there's a five-minute scene where Jennifer Lawrence talks to the wife about nail polish, and it passes this test. 
that's how easy it is, guys. <laughs> that is how easy it is. A five-minute conversation about nail polish. Uh-huh. Um, but on the other hand, um, the movie Gravity with Sandra Bullock, where she's, like, in space being a badass astronaut and kicking butt. Ooh, lady. Um, that does not pass because she's the only woman in space. There is nobody else there. But I would argue that that doesn't mean that it's not watchable and is not a good representation of women. I absolutely agree with that because, I mean, obviously, she's the main character in the entire thing. It's all about her experience, and you can't really fault her for not having any other ladies to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's kind of a shallow way to look at whether a movie is good or not. So one that I found pretty interesting is, um, as I'm sure all of you know by now, I've got a little lady that's my daughter. Um, who loved, love, loves cartoon movies. I don't know a child that doesn't love cartoons. One of her favorite ones is Zootopia, and Zootopia does pass. Um, Judy Hopps, the main rabbit character, has a few different conversations with female characters. Um, the, the ones that are most easily pointed out are she has a conversation with her mom about her career, and then she's got another... Um, scene where she's saving this little mouse from being squished by a donut and they have a conversation <laughs> about her hair. So um, that that one does pass. However, a favorite Disney movie, The Little Mermaid, does not pass. Ariel does not have a single conversation about something other than a man with any other female characters. So a movie that is literally based around a girl, and this movie is loved by millions and millions of people. I mean, it, I know it's my mom's favorite Disney movie. They, <laughs> it was mine, too. Yeah, they don't have any conversation about something other than a guy. It is interesting. It does kind of lift up my heart a little bit that that movie was out when we were children, and now that your daughter's a child and, and out in the world and watching film what they are giving to our kids to watch does include movies that pass this test. Um, the other thing about that, though, is, you know, the movie Little Mermaid, that's the plot. The whole plot is about her finding a man. So it's it does make sense that she may not speak about anything other than that man. I mean, to be fair, not cool that she does, but that is what the plot line is about. And um, Zootopia is about a woman chasing her career. So, yes. Go, go us. What's interesting about that is if you look at a lot of Disney princesses, that's the big, huge argument right now is whether or not there's these strong female characters that don't need, don't need no man. Finger wave. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I know for the longest time there was a big argument about whether or not Mulan and Frozen um, were one and the same, or if Mulan was the first movie for a female Disney character to be the hero but then Frozen came out and they were like well she didn't actually need a dude and the whole thing is about the sister saving the other sister um I know that Frozen does pass Mm -hmm. because the two female characters have plenty of conversation about something other than a guy Mm -hmm. um looking at Mulan that's not the case I cannot think of a single instance in Mulan where she has a conversation with a female about something other than a guy because the only females that she has a conversation with in the movie is her mother and it's all about her dad going off to war yes yeah so that movie doesn't pass 
the best. Yeah, no, it doesn't. But again, that that kind of has something to do with the plot line. And I, I still consider Mulan a pretty feminist woman forward film. Absolutely, because it does go into her breaking the rules, essentially, of what a man expects a woman to do. So that's really, really kind of hitting home that this isn't necessarily that these movies are not pro-lady. They just <laughs> don't pass something that's very subtle, yet sometimes leaves a pretty good impression on our brains that we don't even notice. Totally. Um, I would like to take us into some nerd dumbs now. Hmm. Let's talk about Star Wars. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. <laughs> all right, I'm going to give the listeners a second to think about all the lady characters in Star Wars that are named. In the original Star Wars. In the original Star Wars, what lady characters were named? We got Leia. We got Leia. <laughs> and that's it. I don't even think that Luke's mom was named. Yeah, I mean, they may have... No, maybe they did name her. But we didn't see her. We didn't see her. We didn't have a whole long conversation with her, and they definitely didn't talk to Leia. <laughs> so all of the original Star Wars do not pass. Not a one. Not one. Now, I'm going to hurt your hearts a little bit more. Um, you know those terrible, terrible prequel films? You know those ones that everyone's kind of bummed about, and they're wishing they can forget, and they're kind of a scar on the Star Wars series? Man, why did that have to come out? <laughs> These movies actually pass. They barely pass, but they pass. Padme speaks to Shmi Skywalker. So the prequels pass because Padme and Anakin's mom, Shmi, discuss politics. Um, In episode two, Padme and the Queen discuss whether the Naboo people should leave the Republic. And I guess episode three, however, does not pass because there's a lack of conversations between female characters. But that's two out of three that the old ones didn't get. Luckily, we have moved on now to Rogue One, which is, I'm sorry, everybody, that movie was awesome. That was a kick-butt movie. Soup's cool. Soup's cool. There was a an awesome female character, and the the Rebel Alliance was full of people of color and people with disabilities, and it was just a big spectrum of all kinds of people coming together to fight like this darker force which kind of fights off the like white savior thing that a lot of other movies got going on what's funny is Um, that was a big deal that they had a black stormtrooper oh my god (laughs) what is this i remember like there was huge outrage over that and it's like why there's nowhere in any of the books does it say anything about the color of the stormtroopers so i i definitely remember seeing and reading quite a bit of outrage over that and didn't quite understand why (laughs) yeah and that was actually the one right before rogue one i liked it a lot though that was the force awakens that one did a a good job of being inclusive and and having um, a multitude of characters and it yeah i agree with you uh why do we care what color the stormtroopers are um in fact for a long time because we didn't see anybody's face when i was a kid i thought stormtroopers were robots (laughs) that's what i thought too i didn't even think that they were real people inside of these uniforms i literally Mm -hmm. thought that they were just like these things created to fight like personality what (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that was a a cool way to to kind of bring some more life to some of the elements that we hadn't delved into in star wars yeah absolutely 
Um, some other nerdy ones that do pass, um, Spirited Away, any of the Miyazaki fans, um, Spirited Away passes at the center of Miyazaki's jaunt into the spirit world. Chihuro is on her mission to free her parents and she asks the bathhouse owner, uh, Yubaba, for gainful employment at her business. And Yubaba and Chihiro, her and the bathhouse mom talk a lot about things that are not about guys. So that was a pretty cool one, I thought. I really like his films. I think they're so beautiful. They so are. It makes my heart sing that it passes. Yeah. <laughs> I've just got a list of superhero movies that don't do a very good job. Let us hear. Okay. So truly, every single one of the Spider-Mans fail. Womp womp. All five of them. <laughs> um, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. Those ones all fail. Superman Returns and Man of Steel fail. Watchmen fail. The 2004 Catwoman actually fails, which is interesting because it's a strong woman character. But, you know, she's she's kind of just there to, to look good and fight crime and not care about anything but dudes. So we're noticing a trend. There's a lot of nerdy superhero movies that don't have this uh, passing the Bechdel test thing going on. Annoying. Annoying. I have a shorter list of ones that do pass. Okay. So we can't we can't be too hard on the superhero movies because we've got a couple that do pass. Um, Avengers: Age of Ultron in 2015. That one passes. Guardians of the Galaxy 2014. That one passes. Awesome. Incredibles, if we want to consider that one a superhero movie, that one okay, passes. that works for me. Yeah. Thor and Thor the Dark World, both of those pass. Awesome. Yes. I um, knew I loved Thor. Right? And then another big one that I thought was pretty cool was Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3. Both pass. Okay. Um, so we've got a few. And we're getting better. Yes. Yeah. So I take it to mean that the, the first Avengers did not pass then. Correct. Okay. So what we're noticing is all of those ones that I just listed off were 2010 or later. So I don't know if that's because as a society we've decided to take a little bit more notice or if it's just something that has sort of happened, but recently we've decided to add a little bit more. Things are getting better. A little more lady time. I want to agree with you. It feels that way, but according to a... A study. Um, those studies. Those studies. Just a study. Don't worry about where. <laughs> <laughs> I read about a study that looked into movies from 1950 on. Mm -hmm. And even though we're getting more films that are depicting women talking to one another, since 1950, the number of men that appear in films compared to the number of women has not changed. And that is a two to one ratio. Wow. Yeah. So since the 50s, nothing has changed. <laughs> That's a little sad. I mean, we're getting better about the way that we depict women, but we're still not being entirely inclusive. Man. So... We're going to break a few hearts here in the realm of books. Books? Bo books and movies. Okay. Entire Lord of the Rings trilogy all fails. Not a single one of them pass. And then, to break our hearts even more, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 <laughs> fails. Um, yes. Yes, it does. And, you know, that does that does hurt. Um I don't think that's true in the books, though. I think the books do a good job, but the, the film does not quite hit it. And it's so funny because the only time a woman talks to another woman in that movie 
is when um, is when Molly Weasley yells at Bellatrix Lestrange, "Not my daughter, you bitch!" <laughs> Dang, <laughs> that mama bear love. <laughs> so I don't think that quite counts. It's not. Not 60 seconds of time there, but at the same time, we still got some strong women doing awesome things to save the world from darkness and, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah, and I do think that it's fair to point out that every single one of the other Harry Potter movies passes, and the only one that doesn't is the part two to the last book. So (laughs) it's not even that the last book fails, it's that just the part two of the movie fails. So... We're going to be lenient with Harry Potter. Yeah, don't don't bag on JK too much. <laughs> <laughs> we also wanted to kind of discuss some chick flicks and whether or not these lady films pass our, our little test. So what is your all-time favorite chick flick? My all-time favorite chick flick. Ooh, that's a rough one. Mine is kind of torn between a couple of them. Okay. The one that's popping into my brain right now at this very moment is The Proposal. Okay. And that one, I honestly have not looked to see whether or not that one passed. Thinking in on it now, I am not seeing any point in time when they're talking about something other than her dude, mm-hmm. her her man friend. But that's not to say that there's not a point in there where, they, where she does have a conversation with another lady because she, the whole beginning of the movie is about her being deported back to Canada. So there's a very good possibility that right there that they did talk about it. Okay. What about you? Um, you know, when I think about chick flicks, the only thing that really like pops into my head, like the epitome of a chick flick is the notebook, right? Like that's the the one that everyone cries and everyone is like, oh, Ryan Gosling, we love you. We're going to make memes about you for all time. Forever Um, and always. I mean, women must have gone and seen that movie in hordes. Oh, absolutely. Do you think it passed? It did not pass. (laughs) The biggest chick flick of all time did not pass. The only time that two women spoke in that film was when the nurse, the unnamed nurse, spoke to the the woman with Alzheimer's. Old Lady Allie. And it was just to tell her to go play the piano. (laughs) And I don't think that that actually counts because the nurse isn't named and it's literally like a two-line thing. Right. The other movie that maybe doesn't entirely count as a chick flick, but it's just one that you grab your girls and go see, is uh, 500 Days of Summer. I, I just, love that movie. Right? I just like, I just fully related to the character. Um, and it's it's not from her point of view, but it's from a, a, a woman that's like, I don't need a relationship. I don't need a man. Let's do this while it works. I think in my brain that one probably beats the proposal. That was such a good movie. It was. It was really good. Also, doesn't pass. Boo! (laughs) But some fun movies that do pass and are fun to go with the girls to go see. Bad Moms, I thought was hilarious. It was so funny and so good. And it passes. And it passes. Whoop, whoop. Women can be funny, too. (laughs) Uh, Same goes for Bridesmaids. And also Mean Girls. Mean Girls passes. Awesome. So all you Mean Girls fans. <laughs> um, another one, it kind of borders on chick flick, but also dudes can watch it and, and like it a little bit too, is Being John Malkovich. Um, that one passes. Yeah? Yeah, that one passes because Lottie and Maxine, the wife, they confess their love to each other after being <laughs> essentially aborted from John Malkovich's uh, subconscious. That 
movie is so weird and it so is. awesome it is really crazy but so good if you haven't seen it please go watch it <laughs> it makes me really happy that that a movie about a man and being in a man's subconscious could pass this test right but then lady movies about ladies don't necessarily always pass another good one to touch on is the hunger games and um it's pretty easy to say that those pass mm-hmm. um katniss and her sister have quite a few conversations and then in the first one Katniss and Rue both have conversations about how to survive. So definitely not about men. Strong lady character definitely passes this test. She's so awesome. And it's it's really interesting that she has made her way. Katniss Everdeen has made her way into every single one of our podcasts so far. She has. That's so weird. <laughs> um, another one along those same lines that passed was Divergent. Um, I don't know if cool. a whole lot of ladies have read that one. But if you haven't, that, that's also a very good series to read. And I guess now watch the movies. <laughs> and the movies pass? Yep, they pass. Awesome. Okay, I've got some dude flicks for you. Dude flicks. So the Karate Kid magically passes this test. It's a very short scene, but, you know, obviously it's a very, very male testosterone-driven movie, and yet it passes. The girlfriend and the Karate Kid's mother have a conversation for a brief moment about how to pop a clutch in a car. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of fun. Nice. Um, then also we've got another dude dude film is I Love You Man. That oh, one does fun. not pass. Oh. That one doesn't pass. And I would have thought that that one would have passed because there's a ton of conversations between the wife and all of her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess she's not the wife at that point. The fiance. Yeah. And all of her friends, they have so many get togethers and it's like her fiance doesn't have any friends. So the whole point is for him to go find friends and she doesn't have a single conversation with any of her friends throughout that whole movie which is which is interesting because she doesn't have a big role in the film but the way that he portrays her throughout is he's very respectful he's very enthralled with her Mm -hmm. and so they do a good job of making her a well-rounded character even though they won't allow us to see a well-rounded character yeah and i mean honestly in that movie she's the strong character she's the one that (laughs) has her own life outside of him, whereas a lot of movies will portray the women as the ones who don't really have a life outside of their husband. That's very true. I mean, being John Malkovich is a really good example of that. Mm -hmm. She's really um, driven to please her husband and doesn't know what to do when he's not happy. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, that was was one that kind of blew my mind, but dude film. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Okay. The Fast and the Furious films, right? Nobody expects those to pass. They and they don't. They really do not. Um, <laughs> no qualms there. <laughs> yeah. If you thought it was not going to pass, you were correct. But um, one thing that comes to mind when I think about these movies is there's like a bunch of cool dudes, and then there's just like one cool woman that like is part of that world and can be there, but she doesn't have any lines. She doesn't move the plot forward, and she doesn't speak to another woman. And so there's another test called the Mako Mori test, and that's essentially if the character can be replaced with a sexy lamp, then it does not pass. And I think I can think of so many movies, particularly like superhero type films, where like there's just a good looking thing that's that just, just kind of there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a good one that I could compare that to is mm-hmm. Fight Club. 
Fight Club is all dudes. And there's this one chick that's super cool and laid back, but everything she does is all based on the dude. Like, yeah. She doesn't, I don't think there's any other female characters in that movie there is other that. than her. Which is too bad because I, I like love that character. Yeah. I think that character is so funky and fun to watch. And yeah. I, I think it's such a good representation of mental health and, um, oh, not good representation, but, you know, mm-hmm. and um, to have that movie not pass is kind of a bummer. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Because it's a great movie. It and is. I mean, with all of this, it's just kind of goes to show that even though you really love a movie it's something that is so subtle you don't even realize that your favorite movie is missing out on this teeny tiny detail that really does make a world of difference Mm -hmm. i mean fight club is a great movie and i before this moment right here in time (laughs) um i would have never even thought about the fact that there's one lady in there Mm -hmm. and that she does nothing but basically be arm candy for (laughs) the main character it's just crazy yeah and that's not to say that it's not a good film and that movies that don't pass can't be good films but it's just i think this is a really good way to look at the overall picture and understand okay there really is a problem there's a pattern here of women not being in film and that's an issue we're not seeing them they're not seeing themselves and there's a disconnect there Absolutely. Um, One other thing I'd like to point out is that we've only looked at women in film and seen how women are depicted. Um, And that's 50% of the population. Mm -hmm. But I think that there should be tests similar to this that include people of color. Yeah. um, And people in the LGBTQ community. And my brain is like coming up blank for a movie that could pass all of these tests. Um. Okay, maybe not all of them, but for color and women, um, the color purple. Okay. I think that that one could definitely pass at least those two tests. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great movie that definitely de- depicts a lot of strong ladies and strong people of color. Okay. So I think that that one would pass quite a few tests. So that's a very well-rounded movie. <laughs> but but um, as far as it hitting and touching on LGBTQ or... Um, like we were talking about with Fight Club mental health or any other type of issues, there's not, I, I don't think there is a single movie that would really pass every single test. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that's necessarily required, like for the perfect movie, it would touch all of these specific things, but having more of a variety would be sure real nice. Oh, uh, you know what's interesting is I was looking into um, LGBTQ films that pass the Bechdel test Mm -hmm. and you would think that they would be more likely to do so but films like Milk only include the gay community and not the lesbian community and so there is not two women speaking to each other about more than just a man in that particular film huh (laughs) wow interesting right that's (laughs) insane um one thing that we saw when we were kind of discussing uh the Bechdel test and all of the movies that pass or don't pass is in the movie Inside Out. It's a it's a kids movie, but it's about the inside of this little girl Riley's brain. She of course this movie passes. I mean, it's the main character is a little girl who talks to her mom about several things and several of her emotions that are inside of her head are females and they have conversations about Riley who is also female. Mhm. Um Something that we read about was 
the um, there was a mom who brought her kids to go and watch the movie. And then afterwards, she asked her kids how they felt that it would have been different if a boy was the main character instead of Riley, if, it, if Riley was a boy. So roles reversed. Mm-hmm. Um, and their reaction was kind of surprising that they didn't think that it would be as bright and colorful. Mm. Um, they didn't think that there would be as many female emotions. What did they think were female emotions? Well, some of the emotions are characterized as females, like joy is a female, sadness is a female. Mm. Um, but what's funny is in Riley's head, anger and uh, fear are males. So that is so interesting. It's funny to see that kids thought that if it was a boy, there would be no female emotions portrayed at all at all wow that's not good yeah (laughs) it's not healthy and me and my husband have actually had a conversation about it too because in the end it goes into everybody else's brain and what their emotions look like Mm -hmm. in the mom it's all women in the dad all of the emotions are men Mm. in the little boy that falls in love with riley at the end all of his are boys so it's like only in Riley's brain were the emotions mixed gender. Interesting. Yeah. A little bit of a deep thought into a kid's movie. But <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's funny to think that these kids did not ever think that it was possible that if there was a boy as the main character, that there would be female represented emotions. Well, and how sad would that be, too, to think that as a male, you're not allowed to experience joy. Mm -hmm. and you're not allowed to experience sadness and i mean they would still have them but the emotions wouldn't be represented with a female they would be represented with a male and and what men think are happy Mm. and also super sad is that they didn't think that there would be as many colors (laughs) (laughs) guys are happy too come on guys (laughs) need some color in your life um but that's just kind of like the inside of what a kid thinks of movies if the roles were reversed is they didn't think that it would be as bright, bubbly, and happy. Hmm. And there'd be less ladies. Interesting. Yeah. It's a weird one to think about. Uh, I would love to talk to you about Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park? (laughs) There are some clever girls in this film. Skilled girls, even. Yes. And so the, the very first Jurassic Park, it does pass the Bechdel test. There are scenes where... The dino scientist, (laughs) the dino lady scientist, um, she talks to the little girl and they have many, many conversations. And um, I think it's such an interesting juxtaposition between the first Jurassic Park film that was in the 90s Mm -hmm. with the most recent Jurassic Park film, which you would think would be so evolved and so just so much more modern as far as what the problems in the world are. Right. And yet, I would argue that the first Jurassic Park depicts stronger women. The little girl is, like, an awesome little girl. She shows no fear. She's equal to her brother, and she's very interested in science and dinosaurs. And in this newest one, there are only two boys Mm -hmm. depicted. And then the the strong, quote-unquote, strong female character, she is strong at work. She's what, you know, she thinks she has to be. Um, to be a strong, powerful woman at work. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she's like 
can't be taken out of her heels and she needs to be dressed perfect. And when she's faced with things like dating and family issues, she's like doesn't have her stuff together. And it's like you have to have one or the other. But, you know, that's not the case. Like women can have it all and do it well. We don't have to have like a freak out in one department of our lives or another. Absolutely. And I mean, we don't even need to talk about the fact that she ran away from a dinosaur in high heels. No woman could ever do that. (laughs) And if you can, you are a superwoman. Uh, Well, that particular film, people kind of argue whether or not it passes. Um, She speaks on the phone with her sister briefly, but it's about the two male children Mm -hmm. so i mean technically they're not talking about a love interest which i think is what some people are kind of assuming with the bechdel test Um, but at the same time there are two male characters that they're speaking about Mm -hmm. um, and they're speaking about it right before she's like running through the swamp in high heels and then you know falls in love with the really badass raptor trainer at the end of the movie yes um so I just I just think it's interesting that in a way we a little bit digressed because I just I love the characters in Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, and actually, when I was looking into this, I found a pretty hilarious thing that I'd love to share with you. Basically, the idea is that all the Jurassic Parks pass the Bechdel test because they're lady raptors that are like communicating with each other back and forth about eating. The oh, human. my Lord. <laughs> Let's talk about how they're all lady raptors. <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody just go and research whether or not they used ladies as the raptors when they <laughs> created well, they, them? They tried to do... So part of the plot line is that the the dinosaurs are female. All of them are female so that they don't reproduce and create something that, that loses control, right? So in the first episode, the scientists create these dinos and they make them all female so they don't reproduce. But the danger is that nature always finds a way... What's crazy, though, is that you can't include a clone as a woman like that. (laughs) Because that's all that the dinosaurs are is clones of what once was. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's how they created them all. And a clone is not a lady. A clone is not a female. It's definitely not a person that has a conversation in the movie. (laughs) Maybe communicates telepathically or with their eyeballs or with their roaring, but that's... I think this was just Tumblr trying to be Tumblr and be silly. They're trying to be... Trying to make a logical statement about something that's really not. Something that's totally illogical. (laughs) That's funny. For those of you Wes Anderson fanatics out there... I hate to tell you, those beautiful, beautiful pieces of film, they do not pass the Bechdel test. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but what does pass is we've got some Quentin Tarantino films that pass, which is very interesting. Not all of them, however. Kill Bill is one of them. Now, even though the whole movie is about one woman's revenge towards a man, there are scenes where two women do converse. So at one point, the bride confronts Vernita Green and they discuss her daughter several times. They taunt one another. Um, now, mind you, this is two women fighting, so they're like, you know, at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of swords and blood and guts. So it's not a great depiction of women, like women <laughs> supporting women, um, but it is Being a powerful ladies. moment. Yeah. And then uh, you want to talk about Pulp Fiction? Pulp Fiction doesn't pass. Um, um, apparently, the reason it doesn't pass is because. Uh, the only time that a female character 
ever even encounters another female in Pulp Fiction is when Mia Wallace gets taken to Eric Stoltz's house um, after an overdose and his wife is there and they they don't actually really talk. <laughs> so... I mean, what is there to say when you are passed out on someone's living room floor and are injected with adrenaline? Well, and I mean, and that's the only <laughs> time that two women are even in the same room together? That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> in the entire movie. Well, it's no wonder that, you know, people have a hard time understanding women mm-hmm. when, like, literally the only thing that they see of them is... 30 seconds of standing in a room next to another woman but not actually speaking yeah um an interesting (laughs) one to talk about is four rooms the movie four rooms okay so that movie was directed by four different directors each director got to create their own room and there's the little bellhop that jumps between each room and you get to see into the room that each director created Not all of them are created equally. (laughs) The first room is about this coven of witches who are doing this whole love spell to try and bring back this lady that they basically worship. So obviously these women have conversation with each other. That one passes. Moving on to the next room. The next room is, I believe it's the children and Antonio Banderas (laughs) is in it and him and his wife are headed out to a um, party and they've got a male and a female children. Okay. One male, one female. At no time do the mom and the daughter talk about anything other than the two boys that are in the room. So that one doesn't pass. The next director does not pass that test. Okay. The following room is this crazy lady and her crazy husband who are playing this like really weird like back and forth game where he's like gonna kill her because he thinks that she cheated on him it's really insane but basically there's only a dude and a chick in there and then the bellhop is a boy so when the bellhop comes in there's only conversation between two males next one is quentin tarantino's room and the same lady that was in the crazy dude's room is there only female. Only female in that entire room as well. So literally out of four directors, only one of them made a room that passes the Bechdel test. That is so funny. For a little bit of perspective there. That, I mean, one out of four. I'm so glad you brought that movie up. First of all, I forgot all about it and how like crazy it is. It's insane. But what a good point to kind of bring up multiple directors and, and showing, you know, mm-hmm sometimes people care about these things and storyline and plot that include women and sometimes not so much yeah do you know if any of the directors were female i think they were all male i'm actually rather certain that they were all male directors yeah and quentin tarantino was the very last room and of course he was in it because that's his his favorite thing to do (laughs) just to pop up and be in his own stuff (laughs) that's all right he's cool he gets pass but only because kill bill (laughs) It would be interesting to talk about whether female-directed films are doing a better job at this. So one example of a female-directed film um, is The Hurt Locker, and this one actually does not pass the Bechdel test either. There are only two women with any significant screen time, and they just they never speak to each other. They're never in the same room. So I, I just think that's so interesting that a a film made by women doesn't quite capture women. Um, And I wonder if that's like an even bigger sign, um, whether a director feels like she has to show something that's that's already popular and is already out in the world, or if it's by mistake or just culturally she's 
inclined to to follow the same movie pattern. So one thing I kind of wanted to touch on since we're talking about lady-directed films is the lack of presence of them. Oh, yeah. There's just not a lot of lady directors. I mean, we kind of had to search for that one. Um, The only other one that's on there that we were able to find that was of any sort of significance is big, and that was back in 1988. (laughs) So we've got one female director, and she's not even hitting the points that should be really easy to hit because they're not thought of. And then other than that, we don't have a whole lot of lady directors. I mean, I literally tried looking up even just any movies that were directed by women and all that you get is a bunch of indie films so that's kind of a a big um big point to make too is we we don't have a whole lot of women that are out there representing women and creating movies about them Mm -hmm. um i'm sure there's screenwriters that are women um well we've got sofia coppola um and she did Lost in Translation, Marie Antoinette. Um, she just did Bling Ring, which... Oh, God. Do you remember that movie? No, I didn't watch it. <laughs> okay, basically, we've got Hermione uh, just being, like, a, a silly L.A. girl. and Oh, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depicting something opposite than what she's used to. Um, so we, we do have that, which, okay, so the Bling Ring actually does pass the test. Nice. Um, I mean, it is a lot of female characters. It's about... It's basically about women that are kind of sneaking into stars' homes and stealing their belongings. <laughs> real real good movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but actually, there are scenes where Nikki's mom is teaching Nikki, Sam, and Emily about strong female role models, um, i.e. Angelina Jolie. Granted, it's a conversation about fashion, um, but it still passes. So that's so, pretty funny. Yeah, and I mean, we've got two lady directors there, so we... Uh, We've redeemed ourselves with one of them. <laughs> but um, what are your thoughts on if there were more female directors, do you think that this would be giving us different results? I would hope so. I I think that, you know, when we tell our own stories, we tell it well and we tell it um, typically with with more gusto than somebody <laughs> who doesn't understand us might. I do think it's interesting that, that Hurt Locker was so lacking in female representation but I think part of that is just you know we're used to seeing what we're used to seeing and um, I would imagine it's difficult to get into the directing role as a female so maybe you start with something that can not scare (laughs) Hollywood producers away you know unfortunately I think that our big producers and executives and people with money are the people that are kind of the gatekeepers as far as what's going to get made and what's going to get produced. What is interesting to me that is getting missed is that these films that do pass the Bechdel test and do get produced and put out there are actually making way more money than films (laughs) that don't pass, like by a lot. Um, Movies like Bridesmaids made a ton of money. And so if, you know, some of these execs could take notice of this and start putting money towards projects that do a better job of representation, they might make their end goal. I would imagine that they're not doing it because they think they won't make money, but... It'll help your wallet. It'll help your wallets <laughs> and the world. And the world. <laughs> and the way that we see things, which is all good. Those are all good things. Yeah, it'll all come together. So what do you think our, our action items are here? Um, I think that action items here would be to sort of pay attention to that a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that we've got it in our brains and we've discussed it on here, it's good to do our own research in the movies that we watch and the the ones that we show our, our little ones. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that 
in a way you're voting with your money like put mm-hmm. your dollars towards movies and projects that you believe in yeah um another thing that i would like to say is how awesome would it be if in our day-to-day lives you know our businesses pass the bechdel test if you're a business owner maybe you have more than one female that works for you maybe you have more than one person of color that works for you mm-hmm. um if you're in like the marketing world or um, are creating advertisements, how about some of those are made by and for people who are of color or who are women or in the LGBTQ community? Um, but if you're not in control of this, uh, encourage your bosses to to think this way or make sure your passion projects are inclusive. Um, example, does Dames Not Damsels pass the Bechdel test? I think we do. (laughs) We totally do. We talk about ladies a lot. We do. So I'd love to see more of that in the world. I want people to take control of passing their own damn Bechdel test. Yeah. Do that. Do that. Action things. Really look at it and decide how you interact with women in your hobbies, in your workplace. All right. So before we go, I just wanted to thank you all for listening. Thank you for paying attention to what we have to say. Um, It would be awesome if you could go to iTunes and review and rate us. That's what helps get us shared among the interwebs. If you want more people to hear us, we would love for you to share this with somebody who maybe doesn't know about it but might like it. Absolutely. And we also just opened our own Facebook page. So you can come and find us under Dames Not Damsels on Facebook follow us. We'll of course post updates on there every time we upload a new episode and that's probably going to be one of the easiest ways to follow what we're doing. All right. Thank you so much for listening and we look forward to you hearing from you. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye.